We're going to have our Bibles open, if you don't mind, to the book of Galatians. Galatians. And we're going to notice for just a few minutes, this is the, this is the scripture part of our, our worship where we focus on a few scriptures together. We're seeking to worship our God today in spirit and in truth. We'll be meeting around the communion table here in just a little bit. We'll be giving of our, our money uh, to the Lord. We're able today to be engaged in prayer and in song. But one part of our worship is also focusing on Scripture. Looking into Galatians today, I want us to focus on Paul's personal touch. Paul gets personal. Paul's personal touch. I don't mean by this that Paul becomes rude or crude or caustic or selfish, okay? But Paul gets personal here. Paul's personal touch is found here in Galatians. He gets personal. Okay, that means he gets really specific. It means he gets real close to our hearts. And it means he's extremely helpful. He's able to to cut right through all the details of life and get right down to the core of what we need. Paul's personal touch. So notice just four observations this morning. Morning, Just four. Just four. Number one. Number one. Paul's appreciation for Jesus is very personal. Notice in Galatians 2 and verse 20. His appreciation for Jesus is very personal. He says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's how Paul looked at it. Jesus died for him. Jesus loved him personally. Paul felt like that, you know, if you look in your Bible there in Galatians 4 and verse 4, notice there, it says, In the fullness of time God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, that He might redeem those who are under the law. Paul felt like that if if he had been the only person, when it, when it come time for Christ to come to this earth, if he had been the only person here on earth, that Christ would have still come. Because Christ loves him and died personally for him. And we can be assured that Christ loves us individually just that way as well. We sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know. It reminds us of what Jesus would often say. He said, he would say this about a shepherd. He would say, if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, what does he do? Does he not lead the ninety and nine and go into the mountains and search and search for that one sheep, Matthew 18, 12, and 13. What, does he not go and search for that one sheep? And if so be that he finds it, does he not rejoice more over that one sheep that gone astray than the 99 that never did go astray? 
Paul's appreciation for Jesus was very personal. Look also, before we leave this idea, look at Galatians 3, 13. Galatians 3, 13. Appreciate the, the song we're just able to sing there. I know my Redeemer lives. Notice what it says in Galatians 3 and, and 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. The word redeem means to buy out of a bondage situation, to buy out of bondage. The bondage that we are all in is the bondage of sin, the bondage of sin that leads to eternal death. The only way is to, to be relieved of this debt is through Christ, through Christ. Sin brings an eternal debt an eternal death. But Jesus, by His death and by the shedding of His blood, redeems us. He buys us out of that. Paul says in another place in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 6, 19 and 20, he says, we have been bought with a price. We know what that price is. We have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your spirit and in your body. So there in Galatians 3.13, it says, because we are sinners, we are under a curse, the curse of eternal death. But Jesus, to keep us from, from having, to, having to experience that eternal death, He became a curse for us. That is, He took on the full force, the full brunt, of the sin punishment, sin penalty right there on the cross. He took that on for us. It's as if he covered himself over us so that we wouldn't have to take on that enormous penalty that must come because of sin. He became that curse for us. And Paul knew and felt that very personally. And we should too. <clears throat> and then notice Galatians 1 verse 4 where Paul says, Jesus gave himself for us that he might um, deliver us out of this present evil world. This is Jesus becoming personally involved for our sake. He gave, nobody forced Jesus. Jesus left heaven on his own will. He didn't send somebody else, please notice. Jesus did not send somebody else to die for us. He knew only his participation could bring salvation. He gave himself for us. In one place, in John 10, 17 and 18, Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I have power to lay it down. I have power to raise it again. He came on his own accord. We know this from Paul's writings in Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Paul not only wrote about that, 
Paul not only knew that, Paul knew it in his heart. His appreciation for Jesus, very, very personal. And we need to get there. Are you there? Is that a personal walk with God? Is that a personal relationship with Christ? Are you there? Are you heading in that direction? Is that, is that your goal in life? It ought to be. It ought to be. <clears throat> Years ago, there was a couple generations back, tremendous gospel preacher by the name of Hugo McCord. Hugo McCord. Brother Hugo may not be as well known in our area, but he did a lot of his work in Oklahoma. And in the latter part of his years, he spent in Oregon. Tremendous. But they were honoring him one evening at the Fried Hardeman Lectureship. And Brother William Woodson got up and spoke in behalf of Brother McCord and said, Brother McCord, don't you listen to this, Brother McCord has been intimate with Christ for over 55 years. That was his reflection. I can't think of a better goal to have than to spend the rest of our days just as intimate with Christ. See, when you're walking with Christ and you know that you are, you don't need approval from anybody else. You're not looking for somebody else to tell you, hey, I'm okay. You know it yourself. And so his appreciation of Christ is so very personal. Second observation this morning, <clears throat> Paul's teaching about Christ is very personal. It's very specific. As I said a moment ago, he cuts right through the details and gets right down to the core of what we need to hear. Okay, he, he's, not just, he's not just a man with a bunch of cliches throwing, throwing those things at us, not just a bunch of slogans, but he gets down, what do we need to hear? Well, if you notice here in Galatians 5 and verse 6, he talks about faith. He says, here's what's important, not circumcision or uncircumcision. That's not what's important. He says, but faith that works through love. You see that in Galatians 5 verse 6? Faith, he talks about the nature of faith. Faith is not just believing in something to be true, but it's acting on that, that belief. Faith means that you work Faith means that you submit. Faith means you obey. Faith means you, as James says in James 1.22, you're doers of the word and not hearers only. Okay? You obey. You obey. He gets right down to the nitty gritty. He says the proper motivation of this obedience is love. Is love. Any other motivation will not work. Any other motivation is not accepted by God. It's not just a sense of duty. It's a sense of love. Why? Because, going back to our first observation, it's a deep appreciation for what Jesus has done for us. Out of that love for Him, then we are ready to obey in our faith. See how specific He gets, how personal He gets there? Okay. Notice another part of Paul's teaching here in Galatians. He says, if you're going to have faith, you've got to be willing to crucify yourself. Notice this in Galatians 6 and verse 14. Notice in Galatians 6, 14, the first part of it is Paul's appreciation for the cross. 
He said, far be it from me to glory, save in the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay. What an incredible attitude that is. But then he goes on to say, through whom the world has been crucified unto me and I unto the world. Did you know that a big part of coming to Christ is your willingness to die to yourself and die to sin? That's right. We must crucify ourselves. In view of the crucifixion of Jesus, then we respond in our faith by being willing to crucify ourselves. To, we, a couple weeks ago, we, we studied repentance. Well, this is, this is the heart of repentance. To die to sin. To look at the devil and his world and say, I am dying to that. I am letting the cross crucify that to me. Here's what Paul is saying in Galatians 6.14. He says, the cross of Jesus and all that's with the cross, all associated with the cross, the cross of Jesus stands as a permanent barrier between me and the world. Okay. A permanent barrier. Anytime that Paul felt um, pulled to the world and start thinking like the world, start living like the world, he would run right into the cross. See, the cross is that permanent barrier between us and the world because we've crucified the world to ourselves through the cross. Okay. It has become dead to us. Notice another verse here in Galatians 5, 24. Those who belong to Christ, see, right out of the scripture, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with all its passions and desires. You see that in your Bible? Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with all of its passions and desires and lust. Okay. As we're coming to Christ, that's the decision that we make. You see how specific he is here? That's why he says there in Galatians 2 verse 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, notice another specific teaching, and we'll move on. But notice here, in Galatians 3, 26 and 27, Paul says there is a region, an area, a region, wherein a person it receives forgiveness and is identified as a child of God. There is a region wherein a person is identified as a child of God. Notice it there in Galatians 3.26. He says, we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So that region wherein we are ident identified as a child of God, it's called in Christ Jesus. See, that's an area. That's a district. Okay. And then the next statement shows us how to get into Christ. How is this accomplished? If if being in Christ means that we are now identified as a child of God, how do we get into Christ? Well, Galatians 3.27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ did put on Christ. See that? Now, think about the reverse of that statement. Those who are not baptized do not put on Christ. 
See how simple that is? Those who are not baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins do not put on Christ, therefore are not in that region where we are identified to be children of God. Now, again, notice how specific Paul gets. It's not just generalities. There's too many generalities. People say, just follow Christ and we just follow Christ and we'll all end up in the same place. That doesn't work. That gives false hope and false assurance. Okay, I want to know, I want to get down to the nitty gritty. Tell me, Lord, what do you want me to, to understand? How do you want me, Lord, to respond to your cross? And Paul gets right down to the nitty gritty of things. So Paul's teaching is very personal. Our third observation, number three. Our third observation is Paul's concern for others is very personal. Number three, Paul's concern for others. Now, Paul is very concerned about the, the Christians here in Galatia. Paul has been there. This part of Galatia, if you, if you were to run back to Acts chapters 13 and 14, you'll read about such cities as Iconium and Derbe and Lystra. Paul had been there. He took the gospel in there in the first place. He was able to to preach and people responded and churches were established. But now later he writes back and he's concerned because some of them are trying to blend, trying to blend parts of the old law of Moses with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That just cannot be done. Okay, it just cannot be done. So notice what he says in Galatians 1 here in verse uh, 6 and 7. Sam read this for us. Uh, before Bible class, but in Galatians 1, uh, 6 and 7, Paul says, I am astonished. Some translations have, I marvel. Others have, I am amazed. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Jesus and are now turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but that there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. He says, I'm concerned about you. And he goes on to say, though we or an angel from heaven were, were to come and preach to you any other gospel than, what, than that what we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. In other words, the wrath of God is going to come upon you. It's very serious. This is, this is personal. His concern for others is personal. Notice again his words in Galatians 3, verse 1. Galatians 3, verse 1. He says, Oh, foolish Galatians. Now, when, when the Bible uses the word fool, it means somebody has no spiritual depth. Okay? Oh, foolish Galatians. There are some of you, not, the, not every Christian there, but some of you who are not rooted and grounded. You're not... You're not growing in the grace of Jesus. You're not growing in the knowledge of Christ. Therefore, you're foolish. You lack spiritual depth. He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has mesmerized you? That's what he's saying. Who has done this to you? Who has given you the idea that you ought to run back to the law of Moses and, and kind of have a blending of the law of Moses and circumcision and all of those rituals with the gospel? Who has come through and, and bewitched you. Okay. Well, only those who are shallow in their faith can be mesmerized by fancy speakers. Okay. 
Paul calls fancy speaking over in Romans uh, 16, 18, he calls it smooth, smooth speech. And you have smooth talkers in every generation. And it's not all that hard. You tell a few stories, you stir up some emotions, and you have a way with words. You're quick with words, and, and wham, bam, all of a sudden, you've got people following you, and you've got people introducing new ideas, and you're forgetting Jesus Christ. That's the thing he talks about here in Galatians 3, verse 1. He says, someone has come through, they've mesmerized you, they've bewitched you, and now you don't even... You're focusing more on circumcision than you are the cross. You don't even remember the most important thing in life, and that is that Jesus died for your sins. He's concerned for them. In Galatians 5, verses 1 through 4, he says, If you continue in this, then the death of Jesus is going to do you no good. You're going to be cut off from Christ, and you're going to fall from grace. Those, those are his exact words there. In Galatians 5, 1 through 4. You're going to be cut off from Christ and you're going to fall from grace. Now, there is something wonderful there because in our sin, we are deep in our sin. When we realize the love of God and we respond to that love and obedience, God brings us out of sin and sets us on that higher plane. Okay. But if we allow somebody to come along and mesmerize us and bewitch us with their smooth speech and their smooth tongues, then we can fall off that plane. We can fall right back down to where we were. And Paul's concern for them is very personal. Notice his concern in Galatians 5 verse 7. He says, he says you are running so well. You were baptized into Christ. Your sins are forgiven. You had started a Christian race. You were running so well. Who? Who? There's always a who before there's a what. Who? Who? There's always somebody saying something in someone's ear that causes them to start thinking things they ought not to think. Who has hindered you that you should obey the gospel? Obeying the gospel is not just a one-time event. We are continuously obeying the word even after we become a Christian. And they were being hindered by that because there were some troublemakers. There were some smooth talkers. And they just stopped listening to them and listened to God again. His concern is very personal. Even Peter, Galatians 2, 11 through 14, even Peter got carried away. Even the apostle Peter, he, he would eat with certain Gentiles, and then when certain from a Jewish persuasion would show up, then he would, he would get away from the Gentile Christians with Gentile background and, and not associate with them for a while. And Paul had to just, Peter stood condemned. Paul had to, to rebuke him face to face. He says, you're not walking in step with the truth of the gospel. It's right there in Galatians 2, 11 through 14. You're not walking in step with the truth of the gospel. Paul could not hold back. His concern is too great for Peter. Peter stood condemned. You see, Peter was on the verge of falling from grace. Paul just could not stand by and, and watch this happen. He had to go to Peter. You're not walking in step with the truth of the gospel. There are people we need to say that to. We need to be saying that to people. You're not walking in step with the truth of the gospel. We just cannot idly stand by any longer 
and just let people drift on toward eternity without having a proper relationship with Jesus. It's way too dangerous for that. You know, a moment ago we said that Jesus pictured the good shepherd as leaving the 99 going after the one. Do you have one in mind? Do you, who is your one? Who's the one this week that you're going to be focusing on? We, if we don't have one in mind, we're not going to focus on anybody. Who is, who is your one? Who is your one? And then, finally, our fourth observation. So much more I'd like to say about that. Our fourth observation, Paul's involvement was personal. So his appreciation for Jesus was personal. His, his teaching is very personal. His concern for others, very personal. But his involvement, very personal. One thing to keep in mind is that these, these people who are gospel workers, who carry their Bibles, who try to teach the Bible and live according to the Bible, they're made up just like the rest of us. They have human bodies. They have human emotions. They have human feelings. Notice Paul here in Galatians 4, 13 to 16. Notice in verse 16 first, and then we'll go back. He said, He said, Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Paul is deeply hurt because of the opposition that he's receiving from these very people with whom he had worked so hard. And now they're wanting him to go there, they want him to go away. And he's deeply hurt. Go back to verse 13. When Paul showed up in the Galatia area, he had some kind of physical problem, ailment. And to some people, this could have been a burden. But he told them, when I first came here, you treated me, this was not a burden to you, you, you treated me as an angel of God. Notice that in verses 13 and 14 of Galatians 4. You treated me as Christ Himself. Now, what has happened to that blessing? Why aren't you feeling that, this as a blessing anymore? Someone has been in their ear. Someone has hindered them. And Paul is saying, Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? It hurt Paul deeply that the very people that he had given his life to was now wanting him to go away. And he could not hide his feelings. At one time, you treated me like an angel of God. At one time, even with my ailment, you would have, you would have gouged out your own eyes for me. You see that in verse 15, Galatians 4, 13, 14... 15, 16, now I, I am treated as your enemy. Why? What has happened? What has become of you?
But then Paul's conclusion about all this, about how they felt about him, comes up in Galatians 6, 17. He says, trouble me no more. I'm right there with you, Paul. Trouble me no more. He says, I bear in my body the marks of Jesus Christ. You see that in Galatians 6, 17? I bear in my body the marks of Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul says, my credibility is on my back. More than once, Paul had been whipped by people who oppose the gospel. And now here you are, opposing the gospel. He says, don't trouble me anymore. My credibility is on my back. I've got the scars. I've got the scars. And notice what Paul says in Galatians 6, 17. He says, these are not my scars. These are scars of Jesus. This is, this is what goes along with. This is part of the, the cross. This is what it is to be a Christian. These are, you've got to bear some scars for Jesus. And go a little bit further with that. In those days, when a slave was purchased by his owner, the owner would brand him. He would pierce his ear or he'd put some kind of mark on his body and brand him to say, you belong to me. And that's how Paul felt about these marks, these whippings that he got, these scars he got for Jesus. He's a servant of Jesus. He's a slave of Jesus. And by being a slave of Jesus, being a slave of Jesus, what goes along with that is you're branded. Your master is to Jesus. And now you are belonging to him. Galatians 5, 24, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. Those are the marks. That's just, what, that's just how it is. That's the reality. If you're going to have a master, you're going to be branded. Paul said, I am the servant of Christ. My credibility is on my back. Paul is personally involved. That's all I want us to see this morning from Galatians is Paul's personal touch. His appreciation for Jesus, his teaching, his concern for others, and yes, his personal involvement. There was no turning back with Paul. He belonged to his Lord. It should be our goal as well. Do you need to come home to your Lord and Master? Please make that known. Make your wants, needs, spiritual appetite, whatever it is you have need of, please make it known this morning as we stand, as we sing.